Welcome to today's episode of Behind the Dish Softball with your hosts, Ashley Rowley, Shelby Babcock, and Dr. Allie Dake. If you haven't done so, please hit that subscribe button so you never miss another episode. And be sure to follow us on social media at Behind the Dish SB. Again, on Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, and Facebook at Behind the Dish SB. Hello, everyone. Welcome to this week's episode of Behind the Dish Softball. I'm your co-host, Ashley Rowley, along with my girls, Shelby Babcock and Dr. Allie Dake. This week, as promised, we are going to continue our series with the game's mental performance strategy series. Last week, we talked about the G in games. We talked about goal setting. We talked about um, determining your why behind what you do. That why is going to help us with um, accountability right, with motivation, with putting in the work to achieving our goals, right? So today we're going to talk about affirmations, and I'm totally excited about this one. I geek out about this one quite a bit because we, in my academy, we focus a lot on affirmations and positive self-talk, and, you know, I'm super, super passionate about it. You want to know why? Because I sucked at this when I was in college. (laughs) The amount of times that I told myself that I suck, uh, usually there might have been an explicit, like, explicit, oh my gosh explicit (laughs) language in there Uh, but I was really really hard on myself I was a negative Nancy I would tell myself I suck and you know and every time I I ask my athletes I'm like how many of you have ever told yourself you suck guess what they all raise their all have everybody our thoughts become our words our words become our actions our actions become our destiny so I am really really excited to to start talking about affirmations today so Dr. Allie let's go Thank you. Hi, everybody. I'm just going to piggyback on something you said already, Ashley, that um, our words become our actions and our actions become who we are. We say that. Um, Values, your values actually transfer into your behaviors. And so if you are not valuing yourself, you, you are, your behaviors are going to indicate that. And when we work with individuals and in teams, we always start from a value centric position. And right now um, I have a group of parents I'm working with and we're doing, we've started with values and they're all like, well, let's get to the mental stuff. (laughs) And I'm like, well, this is the mental stuff, how you value you, how you value your child as a coach, you value your team is how the behaviors will follow. Cause that's what translates. So that was, I loved what you said. I love that saying because it's so true. (laughs) and thank you. And hello, we are uh, hello to our friends watching us on Facebook Live. By the way, yeah, that's why I was like, hi, oh, friends. Hi, friends. Yeah. Have you totally derailed me when you showed me? Your phone I know. I'm so uh, sorry. I forgot what I was going to say. Uh, I'm actually, the multitasker too. I'm so sorry. It's okay. All right. So yeah, affirmations. Let's get this one started. It's a huge. Yeah. It's so incredibly important and necessary. I mean. As athletes, period, as female athletes, our self-talk, you guys, it, it grinds us and we can get so negative and we can just get wrapped up in our heads. So this right. is a really, really important episode for coaches and athletes. Right. And so um, what we know in, is that we have our goals, right? We, we set, And our goals come from an ideal of a desire. So whatever you're idealing and you're desiring is how we set our goals. And whether you are intentional with it or you're not intentional, that is how a goal is set. Um, and what we know and science tells us to accomplish a goal, you, um, it's willpower and willpower translate into self-control. And so when they took the top athletes and they took the top performers, CEO, business, perf- um, any industry, and they started to look at willpower and they, science realized it's really about self-control. They found two things that it is. So it's 
the self-control that one person has to accomplish a goal, but it is also the system in which they put into place because that system organizes your behaviors so that you can accomplish the goal. And so it's really important to understand that, yeah, I can have a goal. I mean, how many of us have all had a goal? <laughs> and so right. I'm going to do what I'm going to do. And you have like all of this intention, but you, but the, somewhere along the way, you lost that motivation. Mm-hmm. We, we all, we've all done it. I mean, Absolutely. yeah. I, I, so the most probably, it's not the most important part of games. Cause remember goals, affirmation, my mental power, evaluation, and stress, stress relief. But the A in this system is what creates the motivation and creates, um, and turns these goals into actionable pieces. All right. And so, um, truly what the word affirm means. Okay. So affirm is what keeps you, when you affirm something, it is what keeps you focused or motivated, um, on whatever task it is. In our case, last week, we, I asked you to do an offensive goal and a defensive goal. So what we're going to do with this A right now is we're going to take you through and we're going to affirm your goals in this process. And what science has also showed is that when your affirmations are specific to you. So there's universal like mantras and affirmations out there that you can speak all the time. But science shows when you actually specify it to you and it's authentic to you, that the outcome is 80% higher that you will achieve that goal. And it those that achieve it through this process say that it almost feels like magic. That it's like this, uh, this feeling of magic has come over them. Okay. And because, and then when you put it into a noun, like affirming, <laughs> when you get, I'm going to geek out on words for a little we're bit. Getting, we're going to an English lesson here. Go. We're going to get an English <laughs> lesson today. I promise you um, <clears throat> that you actually achieve the state of being that is, um, it's not like a euphoric scene, but it, it goes beyond it goes on what the top athletes say that there's not, it's not even willpower anymore, that it's become so natural. Yeah. That they don't even have to think about it, that they're se- it's not even self-control anymore because it becomes a part of what we're going to talk about in three R's in just a few minutes. It becomes a part of your being. <clears throat> so when you, when, you know, circling back to the episode that we did with John, <clears throat> when he was walking down Chicago Avenue mm-hmm. before he was playing the White Sox, had his music in and he was saying over and over, I hit fastballs, I hit fastballs, I hit fastballs right? Or I hunt fastballs, I think is what he was saying. And that's what he was affirming over and over Over and and over. And then he got in the game and guess what? He saw a fastball and he tore the cover off of it. Yeah. Yeah. And that's exactly, and that's exactly one of the processes we're going to talk about. So this affirmation process is extremely important for the rest of what's going to about to come in in the game system, because it helps reduce the noise in our brain. So we know that we know what it's like when you've got like, um, all of these different thoughts circulating all the time, you can't focus. You just mm-hmm. can't. Like, yeah. again, I always use the analogy for those of us that drive, when you're thinking about all the other things except for driving and all of a sudden you arrive and you're crap. Did I just really just drive here? Because I can't even remember that I did it, right? So yeah. it helps remove all the noise from the brain. And probably in my in the situation that I'm in where I mentor and coach um, athletes, it hel- is most important. It helps remove emotion. It deflates emotion. It becomes very logical and straightforward. And it, and it also remove, um, sorry, and, um, strengthens that focus that you're, so it removes the emotion from the game and helps you, 
um, stay 100% focused. It removes psychological barriers. So I think you've heard me talk about spiraling downward mm-hmm. when our, that voice in our head is, is taking us somewhere else. So this process of affirmation removes those psychological barriers so that you can stay up in the flow up above, mm-hmm. spiraling upward. So we just, um, I'm going <clears> to <throat> make yeah. the pause button on you. We yeah. just got a comment um, from one of our Facebook live listeners that says, so true. My 12-year-old travel ball uh, player comes off the field saying, I suck and really struggles with the anxiety in the box and the mental side of the game. So what we're going to talk about, you know, the anxiety in the box. And I go back to John, I hunt fastballs and I actually had this conversation last night with one of my hitters and we were talking about her routine. And I said, kiddo, all you need, I mean, you can go your routine in the box as far as mentally can be, see it right. Or it can say, I'm a great hitter. I'm going to tear the cover off this. I'm going to tear the cover off this. I'm going to crush this ball. I'm going to crush this ball, whatever that mantra and that affirmation over and over and over. But it goes back to, I mean, we talk about anxiety in the box. It goes back to what are you thinking when you're in there? What are you thinking and feeling? Mm -hmm. What are you telling yourself? Exactly. And that's why we're going to have a grammar lesson. (laughs) We got to make sure that we're structuring it the right way because there is, there is a way that it sounds positive and it's absolutely deflating the whole process. Mm -hmm. Um, So again, that comes perfect example of effective communication. So this process of the affirmations completely creates effective communication um, through the sentence you're going, we know that when we say something out loud, we're manifesting it, we're saying it, our brain hears it and it starts to believe it. And so um, that is key in this part. And then it's a 90 day transformation process. So say it takes time. Yeah. It, it takes, takes time. time. Give Nobody has found the light switch. No, it's not. So no. negativity, what we know science shows negativity gets immediate results because yes. people respond mm-hmm. instantly out of fear. Mm-hmm. But you yep. have short term. So negativity has the short term results and you go straight up with negativity, but it actually has a decline on the downside that goes further and deeper than the spike that rose it up. And so mm-hmm. positivity we know has the longevity. Mm-hmm. And so you have to give, allow about 90 days of continually doing this process. Yep. Um, What's hard about this, yeah. is, is I remember being there is, it's easy to go to negative town and oh. then it's easy to feed it, right? Uh-huh. When you get there, it's easy to be like, you know what I mean? And continue to feed that, that negative, that negativity and self-talk, right? Uh-huh. What is key about this and the hard part is you're, it's when you do this work, it's not like you're never going to go there, but you have to be aware when you're there and you have to change your language. You have to get your arms around yeah. it and say, mm-hmm. nope, I'm not going to feed this negative yeah. monster today. I'm going to turn this around. I can do this. And that's where mm-hmm. the growth happens. Well, yeah. that's part of the individual work that you have to do mm-hmm. is recognizing yeah. and learning that. Sorry, Shelby, you were going to say something. No, I just, I, eventually it becomes quicker. It's a quicker transition. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's awesome. <laughs> when, once you, you feel it and you're doing it and you see it, it just, it's a very, very awesome feeling. So, right. And I think that's part of that 90 day process, because w- as you start to do it and you start to recognize it, and I spend a lot of time with the athletes working on this and journal and, and journaling, journaling, journaling and capturing. And, and even sometimes the younger ones, I'm like, just grab your phone and record your voice. Like it doesn't have to be written. Right. Mm-hmm. The thought that I had, because it's always the antecedent. It's the thought before the thought mm-hmm. it's a trigger. And when we can develop those and fine tune those, and that we're going to come back and talk about that in the evaluation part of this Mm -hmm. um, system, but it is key and that um, to coming back and realigning our goal, restating it positively, like we're going to learn 
and then pushing it back down through the system. Yeah. And Allie, this is something I want you to, I want to park kind of in your mind because I want you to talk about, after, you know, at yeah. the end, when we get through the information you want to share, we, you know, comment on Facebook is she actually, she absolutely crushes in the cage with the anxiety in the box on the field in the game is what derails her, right? Yep. So Always, how yeah. to transfer, and we see this, Shelby, I know you see it a lot in, in pitching lessons. I, I see mm-hmm. this a lot with hitters is they slay it in the cage in a low pressure, comfortable environment. Mm-hmm. But it's now when they get in a high pressure, uncomfortable, where we have all the emotions, right. how do we replicate that same approach and feeling that we mm-hmm. have when we're in the cage, right, to that game scenario? So I want to make and, sure that don't yes, and, let us and, forget to talk about that. No, and I think that's a great example because I have kind of an example of how we set up a sentence structure. And again, this, this podcast is just kind of an introduction to this. There's so much more behind that. And um, we're looking out, just so our listeners know, um, Shelby, Ashley, and I are looking at putting out together a more in-depth classes that we can take and um, people can participate um, is coming. And so if this is something, an area that you need help with, just know that we have more in-depth information than what we're sharing here right now. Well, we could okay. talk for days on this subject. We get yeah. this subject, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so... Um, and in effort of time, <laughs> to be respectful of it, I'm going to dive right in. So inside affirmation, we have, we have three, the three R's. We have rituals, routines, and reaffirming, okay? So our rituals are events with meaning. Um, the true definition, if you look it up, is a ceremonial, um, a ceremonial procedure, that sounds, that sounds a little scary for some people when, or cultish-like if you start saying, oh, it's ceremonial, right? But that it, that's not what it is. A ceremonial is a process that is continually a habit that you use and use and use. Um, so what I also need to mention is that affirmations is also the pre-game. This is all of the pre-game stuff. This is all not in the game. Some of it translates into the game, but um, this is all your pre-game work. So when you wake up in the morning, this is the ritual I'm talking about. Um, You know, from the second you wake up, what are you doing with your day? How, until your game, do you have a set practice of everything you do? Because it is important to recognize them and recognize ones that are beneficial and ones that could be harmful to you. Um, But these are things like, I know some girls, they can only eat egg McMuffin sandwiches from McDonald's on the way to the game. Oh God. <laughs> it's okay. It's that, funny that, that you say ritual. that. that is no, it's funny. Okay. So at Legacy, oh every Saturday game we had, <laughs> Gaffin took us to McDonald's. Yeah. There we go. Every single one. Yeah. <laughs> so um, I, you know what? Don't listen to that listeners. Eat healthy you can before eat a game. Healthy. Okay. <laughs> but if you are eating healthy in general, and that's what you do as you your do, ritual, yeah. Then yeah. it's okay. Don't yeah. let's don't beat yourself up, right? <laughs> and, I don't know how to tell you to feel in the seventh inning in a hundred degree heat and if you're gonna have any energy yeah. or but hey, you do you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, these are the things that I that I'm talking about are the pre-games. So one practice, um, there's a couple of practices that fall into this ritual that that kind of are coming up. How I'm gonna describe how to make them happen, but they start up here in the ritual part is the last thing you think at night is the first thing you think in the morning. Mm. 
Mm-hmm. And so part of the, remember, your values translate into your behaviors, right? And your goals are a reflection of your behaviors. And we want to create the willpower, which is really about self-control. So you get into a ritual a scenario where you do your rituals and one of your rituals would become the um, part of the routine, which is the mental rehearsing that we're going to talk about in a second. So the first thing you do when you wake up is you, before you even move, you're in bed and you practice that five times your two goals from a mental rehearsal. Okay. And I'm going to talk about in a second, how to do, how to do that. But that is one of the things that you will practice and add into your rituals. The other is I highly, highly recommend, and I know we've kind of touched on this and you both agreed, um, is a list of play, play songs. Some people like classical music that calms them down, some like pump up music, whatever it is, but this is practiced and you create that playlist and you listen to it. And moms and dads, if you are listening, let those kiddos plug in in the car and go into their own space. Give them the space on the car ride to the tournament, to the game, to a practice, whatever, and let them plug in and listen to their music and start practicing their affirmations and do their mental rehearsing, their routines on the way to wherever they're going, to the game, to the practice. Let, give them that space. Um, you don't have to try to talk about what they're going to work at at the game or what are you going to do during the tournament or start hounding them. They already know what they need to do. All right. They have, they have their coaches. They're going to have this system. And so this pre, this pregame, this ritual space is about the things that they need to do to get themselves ready. Yeah. Now, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know what about, you two did. <laughs> yeah. I don't know about you, Ash, but our, uh, our bus got completely silent. Mm-hmm. on the way to games and we would put our headphones everyone had their headphones in yep. and was going off their own playlist and listening to what they wanted to listen to but yeah. bus was silent um we put our headphones in we did whatever we needed some listened to podcasts some listened to uh music right um yeah. some listened to wanted to read to calm their minds a little bit more mm-hmm. um but yeah we were all it was a silent bus and we were all had our headphones in and then we went to work. So well, and it's you know it's different depending on where you are. When yeah, we, exactly. Away games on the road, is what I was talking right? about. Mm-hmm. Obviously, our routine was a lot easier when you traveled. I feel like because it was pretty much built in. Breakfast it was a certain time of day. Mm-hmm. You go back and I mean, so <laughs> give you a little example. So if we were on the road, you know, we'd get up in the morning or I'd get up in the morning and put game pants on and put our undershirt on, right? Go down, eat breakfast go back up, put your makeup on, put your BP jacket on, get your bag, come back down. And then it was music in when you loaded the bus and everybody would just, you know, get their seat. Mm-hmm. Everyone sat on the same seat in the bus. I mean, talk about rituals. It's, it's, oh, it's yeah. a ritual. Yep. It's what you yep. did. Um, yep. But yeah, you had your music on, you sat down and coach would give her, or actually we would go to the field before we get to the field, you know, earphones out, coach would kind of give her pregame talk before we got off the bus. Mm-hmm. You go to the field and then, you, you know, we had our routine, obviously, with our warmups. Now, if we were at home, you don't have that built in, you know, come down for breakfast. So it's a little bit different, right? <clears throat> breakfast is on your own. And then you, when you show up at the field. So for me, my routine always, always included uh, the training room. I lived in the training room because that's just the story of my life, right? Mm-hmm. So I'd have breakfast on my own. And then, you know, you just come in comfy clothes or whatever. I'd be jamming out some music, trying to stay relaxed on the way there. And then I get in the training room and then the earphone, the earpods would go in 
And then I would sit there for, you know, while I'm getting heat, ice, stem, whatever it is, and you're getting treatment kind of thing. So it's a little bit different depending on where you are. But what's interesting is, is when you were saying that, I was actually um, thinking about summer ball, right? Mm-hmm. Travel ball, you don't have the bus rides. So I'm, I'm literally envisioning a car full of girls, like karaoke, rocking it out in the car, (laughs) like just being goofy. And so what's funny about this is like, that would drive me bananas as Mm -hmm. a coach and a mom, because I am wired more like game face on. Right. Mm -hmm. But there are some athletes who need that, that just like silly. It doesn't mean they're not focused. But that's their release. That's their prep yeah. to help them relax, right? So yeah. it looks yeah. different for everybody. So, yeah. and that's that's what I was talking about in that in that space of what, it has to be authentic to you. Mm-hmm. So, if you are a person that needs not the loud car, right? And now you're all of driving age, you're in your, and you're driving, you know, to the tournament, and you want to go together, but you're not that person that likes that loud um, car and pump up and totally release that way. It's not an added value for you to be in that car. Yeah. It's actually doing you a disservice. And yeah. so when I talked about these have to benefit you, <clears throat> that is such a great example of how it benefits you, right? I know some players after the game that all that they don't want to be with anybody. They just want to get on their hoodie and they want to go right into their evaluation process. Um, and they've had to learn not to ride. They have, okay, I can go to the game with the girls, but coming home, I need to go with my parents or vice versa. Mm-hmm. It's really about what is an added value for you and what mm-hmm. benefits you. And um, the other thing, some of the other things are uh, that fall into the rituals are like the glove in the back pocket or they, oh, have, yeah. you know, kiss their bat <laughs> or they twirl it four times before they, whatever it is, be really cognizant and of that. If you're a player listening, really, really be cognizant of that. Be mindful this few months of what those are and mm-hmm. if they're adding value to you or they're taking away. Mom and dad, if the players are a little younger and you're watching that, watch and watch what they're doing and, and be really aware of that and um, keep track of that and help them help them do that stuff every single time. Help them put together a playlist. What kind of music do they want to listen? Do they want to listen to a podcast? Maybe they want to focus on another piece of the pie during this time, this pregame. But as soon as they're at the field, whatever that pregame is, and you get at the field, that is when the the game rituals of the game, such as the pocket or the glove in the pocket, or they have to undo their bag. They want their water bottle a certain place. Mm -hmm. Let them be let them do it. Let them set up what they need to do all on their own. Well, I can tell you the consistency from putting my uniform on when I was eight is still the same that it is now. (laughs) So I would, I, I would put my uh, left sock on first and then I'd put my right sock on and then I would put my right, um, or my left stirrup on and then my right stirrup. And then obviously got dressed with everything else, but, and then Jersey was the last thing to go on after your, your, um, yeah. What is it? BP jacket. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, I consistent every single time yeah. since and I was eight is, years old. And that is creating a mental process, a ritual for you that is game ready. It's that pregame. Yes. So the second part of this is actually um, a routine. And, and this is your mental rehearsing. And the part, and the reason I call it into a routine is because this is the brain pushups. And we have these rituals that we do, gloves in the pocket, certain kind of sandwiches or food or Starbucks or music or whatever. But the routine of the game 
that needs to become routine in everything you do is the mental push-ups, the mental power, right? Um, and again, this is going to come out of our evaluation and part of our goals that we have. But, and I said, the last thing you think at night is the first thing you think of in the morning. So this is where you take and you actually mentally rehearse your goal, right? And so whatever your goal is, and in a second, I'm going to teach you how to simplify it down into a five words or less. Um, that is what you're rehearsing. And if you remember, we talked to John and when he was talking about being at bat and he was in one of the stadiums, he closed his eyes and he could visualize everything. Mm -hmm. T-Mac, he closed his eyes yep. and he was down and he even kind of went down like in position. He's like, I remember the blades of grass. Blades he he of could grass. visualize, right? That yeah. is how in depth. Um, again, this, just this right here could be a whole podcast on yeah. how to mentor, yeah. right? But what, um, what it involves is mentally practicing the performance versus the physical side of the performance. Mm -hmm. And we all know Michael Jordan. <laughs> He's oh, been known guy. to say, oh, that guy. <laughs> Who's he, that? He has said that he spent 90% of his time on the mental game and only 10% on the physical. So he talks about how the ball would leave his hands and he mentally, he could feel it roll off the top of his fingers and he could see it go right into the basket, right? Mm -hmm. He mm -hmm. knew in the game, how to put his hand on there and how to see it and how to watch it. And he, and he would say he would know before it even left his hand, if it was going to make it or not, because he had because no practice, you know, and, and, and John and um, Todd talked about this because he'd been there before. It was familiar to him because he, he had too. seen it and he had done it. Now I'm using basketball as the example, because I think it's a really great and easy example that Jordan had the strength to make that free shot, mm -hmm. right? A seven-year-old, it doesn't matter how much he mentally practices, he's not going to be able to make that free shot, right? Because yeah. he doesn't have the strength yet. Mm -hmm. So it is important that the goals are developmentally in line with yeah. the player, right? right? And that, yeah. and so if you, mom, dad, you have coach. a 12, eight-year-old player coach right now, and you're putting mm -hmm. a higher developmental goal with your team mate, your, your players or your child, we need to talk. We need to revisit that. Yeah. And it happens all the time. And the pressure. We don't have unrealistic expectations with our kids. Get out. Get out of here. Get out of here. Please, a, a 10 you pitcher, go pitch 60 miles an hour, please. And yeah. have eight it's not going to happen. And have eight pitches. Right? Yeah. Right. It's not. So we can mentally practice all the, all, everything we want. But it has to be developmentally at the right stage as well. And so that's mm -hmm. why the intention on the goals is so important that it's that they are stair-step goals to a bigger goal mm -hmm. and that um, they're, they are somewhat attainable, that they're reached, but they're attainable because that's what drives the willpower that goes into the self-control, which comes down, in, right? It's a whole mm -hmm. process here, right? Mm -hmm. um, and so... The important piece of this is that this mental rehearsing from the routine becomes a part of the ritual. It is an AM and a PM practice. So again, the last thing you think is the first thing you think in the morning. So if we are letting our computer, our brain process, let's, let's give them something really productive to process instead of watching TV or playing a video or mm -hmm. anything. So I suggest, and all, I have all my players always, they, the last thing they think they're in bed, they're relaxed, they're calm, eyes are closed, and they mentally rehearse their goal. They mentally rehearse their goal five to seven times, depending upon what, what it is and how much of a reach it needs to be. And then the first thing in the morning when they wake up, 
is that's what they do again before they so, even start the day. And so when you say mentally rehearsing, Ouch. you mean they're laying in bed, closing their eyes, seeing themselves achieve their goal, seeing themselves succeed. Yeah. So let's say um, it's a pitcher. You just gave that example, Shelby. So we'll go with it. Mm-hmm. And they want to hit, they want to go three miles faster, whatever. Mm-hmm. And so um, you would, they would, we would stand them like off the plate, take that deep breath step on, do their ritual because they're going to have a ritual. They have mm-hmm. their way of holding the ball, bringing it together, taking a breath, whatever their mm-hmm. rituals are going to practice that. And then they're going to do their, their wine throw release and visually picture it going f- the three miles faster that they want. Right. And yep. then they might have to visualize like the number when it, when the catcher catches it, like, Oh, I want 55 or whatever, whatever it is, the speed they're wanting. Like you visually Mm -hmm. have to program your brain that way Mm -hmm. and you, and you keep practicing mentally rehearsing. And then you're going to have an affirmation statement you say right before that goal, which leads Mm -hmm. us into that. So, Mm -hmm. (laughs) um, so let's talk about, and then we can come back and finish that that mental rehearsal, right? Because mm-hmm. they, they practice it mentally. They're rehearsing it, rehearsing it. They're practicing a perfect pitch, whatever the goal, the target is that they're trying to reach, right? Now, when they're actually in that spot, when they're in that space, they're going to also, so in the morning, they're going to wake up, they're going to do their mental rehearsing. They're going to say their, their affirmation statements that go with it. And then in game, which we'll learn next time is when they actually start to say again, the, the, the statement and we use those as transition statements. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, so a reaffirmation statement is a positive statement. It's a declarative statement, which means from a gr- grammar perspective, that it is a way that you simply relay information that is true. So it's a, de- you are declaring this, right? Mm-hmm. And so they're clear and they're concise. There is no contractions. They are five words only, and it's only something that you can control. Mm-hmm. Okay. So mm-hmm. let me say it again. They're clear and concise. There's no contractions. They're five words only, and they're only things that you can control. A negative statement, and I'm going to give you some examples, opens up subjectivity for doubt. Mm-hmm. Okay. And so that's why they have to be in a positive form. So an example would be that dish does not contain meat. That's a negative statement. It's a positive statement with a negative, with negative wording. Okay. That dish does not contain meat. A positive statement would be that dish contains meat. Yeah. Because you're not using the not. So if we, yeah, I mean, if if we, you know, translate that now to... So I football, right? Yep, I have some. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, and I was just gonna, you know, real life. So I, I will ask every one of my hitters in my academy when they walk in the door, give me your mental goal, give me your physical goal, give me your I am statement. So, you know, physical goal is where those contractions like to creep in. And they'll say, Okay, I'm gonna take, let's take hitting. I am going to keep a strong front side and not allow my weight come forward. And I'll stop them mm-hmm. and I'll say, you are going to keep a strong front side, period. I don't need anything after that. Five words. Yeah. Five words. Yep. So I then when we go, when we yep. go to I am statements, right? Those are the statements that build up that self-confidence and control that thought process. I am strong. I am beautiful. I am a great hitter. I am a strong catcher. 
any anything they want to come up with. But the contraction piece is huge when it comes, I call them the physical goals, but to those declarations, mm-hmm. because it is so, it's crazy how many times they'll go, I'm not going to drop my, or I don't want to drop my hands. Well, that's not a goal. I, I want you to tell yourself what you're going to do. You do. What yeah. You're not going to do. I don't really right. care what you're not yeah. going to do. Tell me what yep. you're going to do. But, yep. but we can also take these sentences and they can be in positive, but with a negative undertone. Okay. So mm-hmm. here's another example. I pitch unhittable drop balls. That's a negative statement. Why? Can, do you know, can you figure out why? Unhittable <laughs> drop balls. Unhittable drop balls. So somebody might say, I have an unhittable drop ball, right? Okay. Well, it actually um, implies that maybe your pitch was bad. Hmm. Right. And they couldn't hit it. Like it totally was in the dirt. Right. It was okay. too low to the ground. Right. Okay. And you also put in a, a control factor that wasn't yours, whether or not the pitcher can hit it. Excuse me. Okay. Sorry. The hitter is going to hit it. Right. And unhittable. Gotcha. There could be exactly. many, there could be a couple of reasons. Instead, I pitch a perfect drop ball. And Shelby, I remember you talking about that. Like when you were like, okay, the only thing I control control is I can throw X, mm-hmm. you know, these particular pitches. And you did it exa- exactly how you should. Mm-hmm. You rephrased yeah. it. You took it, the the control back to what you could do, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It was awesome. Yep, yep. And kept things it's simple. Funny. That's you for know, sure. That, that statement, I I pitch unhittable drop balls. To me, that's a positive statement. And me too. Right. But people, I understand what you're saying yep. now. Yeah. But when I, when you said it, I was like, I know. Well, well I do. That? I do pitch unhittable. So I have. Yeah. So I have like, all the time. They're like, <laughs> I am unstoppable. I am. Un-, yeah. And I'm like, no. Nope, so what I'm. you can control. Something yeah. you, yes, yeah. right? It yeah. is about the control, five words in positive form. And, and you have to make it clear and concise and take out all subjectivity, right? Yeah. That makes sense. So, right, it has to be clear. And so that is the difference between a positive and negative. And I can go way more into grammar, way deeper. Yeah. <laughs> those are like the most basic. No, that's good for me quick. to know though. Cause I yeah. probably would have been like, heck yeah, you do. <laughs> yeah. Just, yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna. I, know. I saw your back. face and you're like, huh, where's she going with this? I know. <laughs> I want to push back on you just a little bit. I mean, I see, I totally get what you're saying, but if I have a kid that says I'm unstoppable, I'm going to say, damn straight. I want you to keep walking that way. I want you to keep getting in the box with that approach, with that feeling. Because when I say to myself, I am unstoppable, that lifts, that elevates a sense of confidence for me. Obviously. Okay. If we peel it down in in grammar and reality and go, okay, can I be stopped? Well, obviously yes. But you know what I'm telling myself (laughs) in that moment? I'm unstoppable. Like if Shelby's on the mound and she's saying, I've got an unhittable drop ball right now, she's getting that sense of confidence that I, I don't see, feel negative in that. Or but you don't, but, but your brain processes different than what you, so your brain, because you're, you're actually putting emotion attached to that statement. I'm unstoppable. Yes. Right. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But your brain processes words in a very different way. And so un is a prefix that undoes something. So is it all, is it also kind of to the point where, I mean, so you say you're unstoppable and then something stops you and then your brain's like, oh, and it, crap. Uh-huh. And then guess what happens? <laughs> then you start to do this, oh, right? Okay. I mean, and, I, I, and, I, get, I get that. Yeah. And, and it is a play on semantics. It is absolutely a different way of thinking and changing. And we, and, and that's why I said we could totally go into grammar <laughs> and really get, yeah. um, but you, it opens up it opens up a little bit of subjectivity. Like what is, then you have to define stoppable or great. I mean, it, in all of this, it is right. But when you have a positive form sentence um, that is clear and concise, and there's no question as to what it means, 
then then it is it is removing the emotion so that you can stay focused. So okay. I, 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 I totally get it, what you're saying, Ashley. Yeah. And because it sounds like I'm unstoppable. But when you start to do, pull that apart, it, it can have a different implication. But I guess, well, the, I guess my brain is not going to be, or the athletes are not going to be dissecting. They're not going to be... Um, but they are, but, but if we have to diagramming. find I'm a program. Words. I'm going back to high school. Right. But, <laughs> but we're trying to program a brain. And let's set this up and let in in the most positive strength way, yeah. and, which science shows and linguistics show. Yeah. And so, what we know is that when you um, add those antecedents onto words or those prefixes into words, or you start to add passive voice in there, or you start to um, add helping verbs, yeah, it, it adds in subjectivity. So, question: I have a yeah. question. So, would be using the word "perfect" be bad? Um. Because you know it, what I mean? I mean, yeah. it's like a... Yeah. It, yes, yes, it could. Um, yeah. But they also know what a perfect, the strike zone, right? Let's mm -hmm. say if you're talking about pitchers, mm -hmm. a perfect strike is in that zone. Okay. Right where it calls. No, I get that. Now, I, just, I could see how that could constant. be like... Totally. But yeah. like, or I hit my spot. I hit my drop pot mm -hmm. spot, right? Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. You want to remove any potential subjectivity inside of that. Yeah. Well, and that was mine was here comes my best drop ball on the outside corner. That was kind of my yep. biggest. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And then it sets it up so that there is, um, it, it, it's also linking back to the goal of what, mm -hmm. what it is. And yeah. we, we use words all the time. We use them in our speech. Um, even when I'm ex describing this, I'm using words I shouldn't be. <laughs> Mm -hmm. <laughs> right. I'm using contractions. Well, that's and that's just human nature. Yeah, it is. And so we have to reprogram because we are being intentional and mm -hmm. we are trying to achieve a goal and we want yep. a 90 day success transition rate. And so we want everything to be clear and concise and link back to the goal. Um, and that, and so in the process of now, um, you're getting ready to go into your positions, you would say these affirmation statements. So mm -hmm as a pitcher, I, I, I hit my spots. I, I throw a perfect, perfect drop ball. Um, or if you were like in the outfield, I catch every fly ball. I catch every fly ball. Um, there's also a process which we'll learn inside the M on how to let things go in the moment so that you can turn around. But this affirmations is a part of that. And so you are not, you've set them in the morning, you've done your mental, your mental rehearsing, you've said the affirmations in the morning, you also mm -hmm. say them in the game before you go out into that position. Because remember, we are looking at changing a, achieving a goal, which is going to change a behavior so that we can achieve that goal. And so this affirmation statement is linked to the goal. And so the goal wasn't to go out and if your goal is to go out and have foot, the right footwork, then that would be what your affirmation statement would be about. We want to remove everything else from your brain and keep mm -hmm. you focused on what your goal is at that moment mm -hmm. and in mm -hmm. that position. Well, and it's funny that you say that because I, I remember my freshman year, you know, the game, the game got quicker. Um, and I remember always getting to the sixth inning and I would look ahead to the seventh inning and I would start to overthink everything everything and it would always be a flipping home run last batter to for them to go ahead and it happened to me like five games in a row and I was like oh my gosh so my my statement that you're talking about became be present yeah I'm going to be present 
That was my thing because I just wanted to be, because I was always looking to the seventh inning. I was like, so I, I actually had to, I actually had to tell my pitching coach, I was like, I can't go over these batters right now in the next inning because I'm focused on this part right here. Cause if right. I go over this right now, I'm going to just go crazy. I had to kind of slow the game down a little bit. And that was my statement was just, I I'm going to be present. I'm going to be present. Right. Yeah. And that's what you needed to do yeah. to achieve that goal to not get yep. there. Absolutely. Yep. Great example. Yep. Great example. So that is the affirmation in a quick, quick um, nutshell, I guess we could say. <laughs> it's like, what is the right word? In a quick delivery. Slow nutshells? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> but the, um, the affirmations hold the three R's, the rituals, routines, and the reaffirmations, re-saying of your goal. Um, and that's it really for affirmation. Well, there's a lot more I could say, but that's it for this. <laughs> For today, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, excellent. So, awesome. I mean, so, so far in the oh. game, mental um, games, mental performance strategy, we've covered the G for goal setting, we've covered the A for affirmations. So, what will next week be, Dr. Allen? Uh, my mental power. Oh, so, Men mental oh, skills, right? Mental power, awesome. mental skills. Yeah. And all of these two things lead into that because your goals are what you're going to need. Your How you deliver them in the game determines upon your mental power. And we have them, we have ways to stay mentally strong and how to be achieving those goals because um, we want to work on taking and taking something that we've set a goal on our offense or our defense and improve it in the game. We're not trying to improve everything all at once because mm -hmm. then our bodies kind of like freak out and our minds freak out and we exhaust and we can't, we're failing. We feel like we're failing all over the place. So that's why I said we wanted one, two things that you really wanted to focus on on this mm -hmm. season and improve those. Yeah. And can you just re-go or, or go over again, the three R's again? Yep. So they are the rituals, mm -hmm. which are your, um, your practices. And remember, these are pregame things. So the practices before the game, right? So the way you get up, um, Ashley talked about going to the gym. You guys definitely talked about two different kind of rituals and routines when you're on the road and off the road. Mm -hmm. um, a lot of our comp girls do go out on the road. So, you know, you probably do have your routines and rituals that vary depending upon where you are, but they're the things that you do consistently over and over and over. Some people even say that they're superstitions of the game. Like, they, oh, I have to have it in my pocket or I'm not going to, right? Um, I know some girls, <laughs> some girls have to have only their bat and this one particular kind of bat. And I love it when their bat breaks and they have to use other bats and they're like, oh. Oh, so where's feeling? I was. Oh my so gosh! I hit a home way. run with this bat. Now this oh, is my new bat. Like so it's not the bat, but but everybody always thinks. Yeah. Um, yep. <laughs> so that's your rituals, um, and then your routines are your mental rehearsing, um, and the the routine of the goal is what we're looking for. The um, the routine of that practice of that mental rehearsing, five okay. at night, five in the morning. Um, and then reaffirming is just saying it over and over. The words come out. It comes into your head and it actually strength, strengthens you and your belief process. Awesome. Right? Yeah. Awesome. Well, that was exciting. Love it. And we could go forever on this subject. Um, <laughs> and we will. Eventually we will. We're going we're gonna to do classes um, on this entire games stuff. So super exciting. Um, again, you can find us on Facebook, LinkedIn, Spotify, Insta, Twitter, TikTok, we're getting better at that, by the way. We're getting better. We're getting better. We're getting better. We're getting better. And then um, behind the dish um, dot us 
also. Okay. So thanks for tuning in today, you guys. And it was fun and we will see you guys next week. And do us a favor, friends. If you like what you're hearing, please, uh, please share this podcast with your friends who you think it might benefit. Just give us a like and subscribe and share this with anyone who you think might benefit from it. Absolutely. Thank you. Have a great day. Have a great day. Bye. Thank you for spending your time with us today. We appreciate the opportunity to get to share our experiences and knowledge with you. If you haven't had a chance yet, please hit that subscribe button so you can tune in on future episodes and be sure to follow us on social media at Behind the Dish SB for future episode information and guests. Make it a great day. 